Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Under the Noise with... I'm Kate Roberts. And I'm Wynne Morgan. You might have noticed the little giggle at the front of uh, Kate saying, I'm Kate Roberts. (laughs) And the reason that we're uh, giggling a little bit is that, um, well, before we started, before Kate started pressing the record button, there were a few topics that we thought would be helpful for us to share if only sometimes because we've seen something fresh for ourselves that we think might be helpful for you listening and this one um came because kate and i both need this for ourselves so indulge us with however long this uh episode is for because what we're gonna look at is how ridiculous we are. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the okay, I'll put a straight face back on. And the reason for a moment, and the reason that that seems to matter how ridiculous we are is that when we see our own naivety, innocence, it really opens the door to laughing on ourselves in a very helpful way and a very healthy way. And Kate and I were just sharing notes on our past couple of days, and I think we both could use a laugh. And I don't know anyone on occasion that couldn't find a laugh helpful for them either. Kate, I'm going to ask you a question now. And the question is, tell us something ridiculous about you. Oh, my goodness. Something ridiculous. Okay, I can tell a couple things came to mind. I still catch myself having expectations about what I'm capable of doing in a, you know, roughly about a 24 hour period. And how perfectly well done it needs to be and how very peaceful I need to be while I'm doing it. There's, that's a good one for me. And I'll catch myself doing it. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But still, I, you know, I still notice that I do those things. Like an expectation that no one could ever really live into. I still find myself sometimes expecting that of myself, especially if things get going and get busy. Uh, The second thing, and I don't know if I've ever actually put this out here in a very public way, is that my closet is literally color-coded. Yeah, it's all like shades of color from obviously black at one side all the way to white at the other. Um, not sure when that started or how that developed. Yeah, but I, and yet I still do it. It's been years, I don't know why. It's comforting somehow. 
that's pretty ridiculous to me. Not not that I'm making fun of anyone else who color codes their <laughs> their closet, but I actually do that. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Partly because I am colorblind. Therefore, that would be impossible for me. Oh. So you're, you color coding your closet would basically look like somebody who didn't color code? Yeah, I wouldn't have an idea. I might code by size and pattern, but I do know the difference between, say, blue and red. Mm. But some shades of red and shades of brown and green and stuff like that, no, no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say I'm super proud of this, but... It is a ridiculous thing about me and I seem to be, uh, I'm gonna rock it, I guess, for a little bit longer until it doesn't make sense anymore, but for now it does. You know, there's a part of me that thinks that that might be quirky, but not that ridiculous if it helps you choose what to wear. <laughs> I hope it does that, but I have no idea. And you know, it might be one of the many things that, you know, since I've had more conversations about this in the last few years and seen more about this, it might be one of those things that fall away, you know, like so many things that I thought were me. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, maybe one day I'll find myself not doing that and be like, huh, just like so many things. All right, Wynn, it's your turn. Well, before it's we go there, so no, remind me, because I'm going to come back to that. But it, it comes to mind, right? Last week, I had a conversation, a session with um, one of my mentees. And we were talking about the rules that we make up. Mm. And for some reason, we started talking about socks. And this does kind of one thing ridiculous about me i've been more flexible about this but there's still a um a big butt here right so i'll come on to it i used to go to one store to buy 14 pairs of black men's socks in my size and then knowing that they'd be identical that they would effectively then all fade into slightly off black and more graying at the same time so i wouldn't have to do all the mat all the matching so therefore it would be an easy thing to do and then when all 14 pairs got a little bit mm, that's not black anymore that's kind of gray i'd bin them all at the same time go back to the same store and buy 14 more pairs of identical black men's socks in my size because I hated the idea of any notion that the socks weren't matching on each foot. Hmm. Now I confess this at the same time, my, my mentee was saying, oh, I have the same thing when it comes to things like that. And we dared each other that the next day we would really switch it up and we would wear different colored socks on each foot and photograph them and share them on the Menti Facebook group. Did and you? we did. <laughs> and 
Here's where the experiment got a little weird. It says, and it'll be interesting to notice if at any point during the day our feet notice. Because we don't often look at our own socks. And no, feet didn't care. Okay, give me another one. You got to give me another one. Yeah, but I'm just saying, okay? So if you think that that's ridiculous, what you said, you know, the rules that we make up. Here's something, okay? And I think I've said this to you before. I have such a guilty conscience that anything when someone says, hey, can we talk? I think I've done something wrong. I get a message. Hey, can we catch up next week? What have I done? Today, earlier this afternoon, talking to somebody, and they were saying to me, well, my boss came into the office and uh, and sat down, and my boss never sits down in the office. In my mind, I'm already, what have I done? It wasn't even my story. It wasn't me in the office, but I'm thinking, what have I done that my boss has sat down? It wasn't me. It wasn't my boss. But I still had that feeling coming up. Hmm. It's ridiculous. It's hilarious to me that the first reaction I always get, the first emotion that I get is, what have I done? Oh, no. I've messed up. And Or they found out that I don't know, when I was five, I cheated in a test or something. I have no idea. Or I copied yeah. someone else's homework when I was seven. <laughs> it is bizarre to me that that's my first thing, my guilty conscience. That's a good one. I think that's probably pretty common as well. Yeah. It's been helpful to know that that's my go-to reaction because it saves me then buying into it. Just say, oh, there I go again. <laughs> there I go again. Be, being paranoid, neurotic, whatever it is that you want to label it as. But there's Wynn doing his thing again, thinking he's done something wrong and they want to tell me off for something look sometimes it's true sometimes there is something there that says hey uh we need to talk about something it sometimes happens but the fact that that's my go-to and that only happens at that example probably less than one in 20 times that that's true it's funny that i just go there and it's helpful then for me to know I don't have to believe what I think about that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think that. It's true. I don't have to think that's true. I don't have to give that feeling energy and then spiral. Because I can. I really can and sometimes do. But knowing it does help me not do it every time now. It's really neat when you catch on because there's nothing to do or to fix. Just catching on to 
my daughter and I love to use the word shenanigans. We use it all the time, but basically the shenanigans we play on ourselves constantly, but just noticing. What other shenanigans do you have about yourself? Oh, um, <clears throat> you know, I've noticed lately, um, and I know you know this when, but um, in the process of moving and also creating a new business, and I'm very used to this basically, the shenanigan that I've played my whole life is that there's so much on me to do. And sometimes it just shows up as uh, busyness. You know, just mental busyness rather than just being present in whatever I've got in front of me. To, um, you know, more of a feeling of kind of stress or anxiousness. Not a large amount, but enough that I realize, you know, that they're just shenanigans I'm used to playing, that it's all on me. Everything's on me. But I've been reading this book um, by Mickey Singer lately. I've, this is my third time called The Surrender Experiment. And there's so much so much in that book um, about surrendering to life and what shows up in life and letting go of all the ways that we think it should be or that we should be. And, um, and that speaks to me a lot because Because I love the, the idea of or the feeling of when I just let go of needing to get it right or the feeling of um, it all being on me. And whether it's just surrendering to the moment and coming back or a situation that I never really had control over to begin with. Um, yeah, that speaks to me in such a beautiful way because it's always, not only does it always feel better than that feeling of, not only does it feel better, but the outcome always seems better than I could have figured out myself. So yeah, that's a huge, a huge example for me. But lately, I don't know, I'm just seeing it for what it is. Mm. What about you? What are your shenanigans? that I think I should be doing better or have achieved more by now mm. in life. 
that's not new. And and while I'd like to think it's a little softer than it has been in the past, mm-hmm. I don't think it's always true. I think that comes back to bite me. Sometimes, very sneakily, it's gone really sneaky in its shenanigans. It hasn't been so overt and in my face, but it'll come back and bite me in certain ways. And it goes back to something that you said about expectations earlier on, of course, because that's what that is. And, and and the bit that I think is is also noteworthy to me, it's funny how often what I say to clients, colleagues, friends, family, I should be saying to myself as well. Or it would be really helpful if I saw that too more often. (laughs) So here's an example. You know, comparisons, comparing to others. Kind of know it's a crazy idea because we're not seeing whoever we're comparing ourselves to real anyway. We just don't see that the way it actually is. We see the highlight reel of other people's lives. We don't know what it's like inside their heads and how it looks to them anyway. But we see what we see in other people's lives and make a story about it, and then we compare ourselves to that. Or I do. I do that still. And it's kind of crazy given how I seemingly would know that that's a bad idea, and I seemingly still do it a lot. Sneaks up on me, and there there I goes again. Comparison. There comparison and that could be a time comparison or another human being comparison but of course it's only ever my expectations of me made up and here's what i notice as well about what i said about that i'd like to see what i point out to other people, clients especially, I'd love to see what I point out to them sometimes. But here's the thing. It's really easy, you know, when you and I are just goofing around and we're talking Mm -hmm. as friends now for the, you know, for quite a while, well, for over a year, which to me feels like a while. That's in a good way, by the way, before you start thinking, what's he saying? (laughs) Just in case there's some shenanigans going on in there. Um, no, for now. <laughs> it's easy for us to see through someone else's story and really see through it for the BS that it actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's far easier for me to see through someone else's story that is for me or my own because I'm the author of, innocent author of my own story, and the thought looks more real to the person who thought it than it does to the person listening to the story. Of course, that's how thought works. That's how it looks to us. It's not, we're not getting life wrong because we get tricked by our own stories and see through someone else's. That's just how it works as a human. And I'm always relieved when I remember that. 
Because mm. that, again, takes me off the hook for thinking that I should know better, do better than, uh, than I do. It removes shoulds en masse. It removes hooks en masse. Literally off the hook because there aren't any hooks. I love um, your question that you talked about earlier of what, what am I making up right now? Because it's a question that, that you can help your clients with. But you're right, it's these stories, a lot of them have been around for as long as we can remember. So it's a perfect question, I think, to sit in when there's any kind of negative emotion or a negative feeling or anything stressful, I think, is what, what am I making up right now? I mean, other than everything, <laughs> but <laughs> specifically. So before we started recording this, Kate and I were having a nice catch up about what we've been up to in the past week since we talked last. And I was sharing that on my desk here, I've got two post-it notes and one post-it note says, two questions that help me when I feel bad, low, anxious, insecure, dot, dot, dot. Which in other words, as you said, Kate, any feeling that is off center. And the two questions that help me when I feel that way, number one, what have I made up? Because I know any feeling that is a, an off-center feeling means that I am in my head with a story that I have made up. And the reason it's on a post-it note is that I find it very easy to forget that I've made it up. And the second question, funnily enough, is what have I forgotten? And the second question actually answers sometimes the first question, the fact that I've made it up. But the other thing that I notice, what have I forgotten, comes back to the something that you said about the surrender experiment in that book. And one of the things I remember when, when I read it, and I don't think I, I really read it that thoroughly. What I do remember, though, from that book is knowing that things don't need figuring out ahead of time in my head, in my intellect. Or another way of putting it, what have I forgotten? That I tend to deal with things in real time really well. And what happens in my head is that I think so much about the future and all the things that are coming up or potentially will come up because I don't really know I'm making up the future in my head that just feels real right now. I forget the fact that there's a real time intelligence that has always got me through everything 
in my life so far that is bankable it is reliable 100% of the time and I forget and I constantly underestimate that innate ability in me and I know I'm not the only one in that camp so I was sharing with you earlier that I had a a meltdown this morning I think it was between something like 8 10 a.m. UK time and around 9 40 it lasted longer than I think I said to you earlier on it's about an hour and a half where it felt like my entire face brain skull everything was melting or if it wasn't it would be nice if it did it was one of those what could go wrong did go wrong and if it wasn't going wrong I would make up that it was going wrong and then I would make a story about that. It looked like every fuse in my head could explode. Not that there are fuses in my head, but you get the point. It was one of those things where I was so ungrounded, so so beside myself that I went, I, I remember actually grabbing onto my desk here in the office and just holding onto it and thinking, well, at least this is solid. Because everything else felt like it was, you know, I don't know what the phrase is. Hell in a handbasket? Is that a phrase? <laughs> yeah. It is? Yeah, that's the phrase. Okay. It is now. <laughs> Even though these two questions are right in front of me. Nah. Weren't mm -hmm. there? But look, the great thing was eventually I calmed the heck down. Things just got back into place in my head. I exhaled and I had forgotten that whatever those things were in my head even if they were all going to happen I'd have dealt with them all one at a time in the same way as I always do this morning for that 90 minutes forgot then I remembered I'll forget again that's one thing ridiculous about me. I'm not sure if those two questions will ever not be pertinent. Hmm. Because I think if what I believe is true, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and we're always going to be making something up and we're always going to find ourselves back in the place where we've forgotten and there's a perfection to that that I think always makes those two questions pertinent for us that are looking Willing to look, wanting to see. So if your post-its ever fall off when you're going to have to tape them, <laughs> you can duct tape have, those too, I think. We have a substance here called blue tack, and I can't remember what it's called there in the U.S., 
I remember in Croatia, it's called Patafix. Because I had to buy some in Croatia because I ran out. So I was in Zagreb trying to figure out how do I get more of this? What is it? Blue tuck. I said, don't know what blue tuck is, but that's Patafix. But it's not just the post-it note, very tenuous, sticky thing that's there. I've got a bit of blue tack there that sticks them up. But yeah, you're right. Those two questions are pretty cool. I loved what you said about remembering. What have I forgotten? I forgot. <sighs> this is the spiritual being having a human experience with everything that goes with it. Yeah. And at the other level as well that I remember saying to somebody earlier today, and I think I needed it as much as they do. It's not so much about changing the experience that we're having right now, but understanding we're having an experience of being human right now. And for the time that we're having this human experience, we might as well have the human experience as opposed to deny it. Given the fact that they change constantly. This is life. Mm. I love that. So you've been listening to Under the Noise with Kate Roberts. And my co-host, Wynn Morgan. <laughs> if you have questions or would like to reach out or would like to hear us chit-chat about a topic of your choice, you're welcome to email Wynn or Kate. You'll see those at the end or you'll hear them at the end. And we look forward to speaking with you again. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.